It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's thrive. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robison. Good morning, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you this Friday morning live from the AC of Texas studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. Of course, you can listen in every week at 10 a.m. Central on VinylDraftRadio.com, on the TuneIn app, Facebook Live, Ask Alexa or Google to play Vinyl Draft Radio. And good morning to all of you who are listening on I-45 now. We are just thrilled to be here with you today. And of course, if you are not able to join us and listen to the whole show, we would love for you to listen in later. So you can go to VinylDraftRadio.com and click on my show and listen in on SoundCloud podcast style. Um, Or of course, you can also go to YouTube and watch the show if that is your preference. Either way, we're happy to have you here or later on in the day because we have an awesome show for you today. I'm really excited about it. to dive in into a minute, but we are all um, a little bit punch drunk this morning because we're <laughs> recovering. We're, we have decided that we are recovering from daylight savings time. Everyone I've talked to this week is just absolutely exhausted, and I really am ver- a very big proponent of them not having daylight savings time anymore. Veronique, what do you think about that? I lived 10 years in Saskatchewan, and one of the best things about Saskatchewan is they have no time change. Yes. It's in Canada, folks. Okay, it's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through six months of winter and deep snow. That's okay. But no daytime saving, whatever you call that, was fantastic. Yes. I mean, it can absolutely be done. My theory is they should just like change it 30 minutes and then leave it alone and never touch it again. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You're right yeah. in between. And then you don't ever have to do anything with it again. Because mm-hmm. every single time, I am more tired. Oh. It takes me like one to two weeks to recuperate. And it's really annoying. Yeah, it's called aging. <laughs> Just because I'm 40 does not mean that all of a sudden I'm tired. <laughs> oh, it's called traumas. Maybe that's a new trauma of the week. Yes. Um, daylight yeah. saving. Maybe we should. Maybe that's how we need to approach it. Daylight savings time creates trauma. Yeah. And it is a trauma in the body because it disrupts your circadian rhythm, creating stress. Ergo, it is tra- a traumatic experience mm-hmm. on the body that we have to go through twice a year. Yeah. Yes. Could be. I think that's a great way to approach it. Maybe if we approach it from the idea that it is a trauma, we can make some actual change. Yeah, and we don't want to make fun of trauma, but you do have trauma with small T's and traumas yes. with big T. So that's yes. a small T trauma. It's a small but T trauma. But it is, it is um, you know, uh, it, it is a little bit of a stress on the body. It is. I mean, there is no question about that. And at the end of the week, that, you know, you have to have, we have the regular fatigue of the week mm-hmm. compounding. At the end of the week, it's just a little bit more on our body it that we can take. Is. It and, absolutely uh, is. Just, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that's the right way to uh, kind of explain it is that it's the, it's the stress that comes in and then it's compounded with your regular everyday stresses. Mm-hmm. So it just makes everybody really tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so now that we've solved that problem for the world and we can, you know, <laughs> get that changed from the state and national level, hopefully. <laughs> and we don't yeah. have to talk about me being old and that's why I'm tired. <laughs> 
thanks so much for that. I didn't, that. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't say you were old. I said it's in general for all of us. <laughs> we're getting older every day, so you're just naturally going to be more tired. And, and the circadian uh, um, cycle yes. is changing as we age, it as is. we know. It's I mean, true. I have a teenager yeah. at home, and you know, for him, one hour later, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, yeah. he's very happy. But for us, it does make a difference. You know, that's true because I remember liking daylight savings time yeah. when I was younger. I yeah. had no issue with it. But Absolutely. now I just, Absolutely. it's just a, a it's huge just a matter of annoyance <laughs> in my year because I know yeah. that I'm going to have some extra fatigue mm-hmm. during that week. And I don't like to be fatigued mm-hmm. because I have things to do. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've solved that issue, <laughs> Veronique, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you yes. back with us this month. I, it never feels like it's a month in between time when no, we see I know. you. I know. Because we know. have it's it just feels like I saw you last week. Yeah. But you know, here we here we are again. But we have a really good show for you today. So we've kind of been throwing around the word trauma, and that's kind of what we're gonna be talking about today is PTSD and trauma. So it's kind of a heavy topic and it yes. can be a heavy topic. So we're gonna talk about it from that frame, but we also want you to know that our intention is that there is hope behind those issues, that there is healing available. And so Veronique's going to be talking into both of those sides because, you know, it is heavy, but there is hope. So Mm -hmm. we want you to really come away with an understanding of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of dive right in because we have a lot of information to cover and we never get through all of our information. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So let's kind of just, you know, jump in and see you know, what, what what we can give the audience today. So what are traumas and how do they affect us? Well, uh, if, we, if we go into the, um, and I wrote that down, if we go into um, the official definition of trauma, um, if, uh, that I, if I can find that, it's exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violence. That's the diag- diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorder. That's how it defines trauma. So it's mm-hmm. not a huge definition. It's easy to understand exposure to actual or threatened death, mm-hmm. serious injury or sexual violence. It's, it's pretty, it's uh, pretty specific. It's p- pretty specific. Yeah. So, um, trauma is, like I said, there is small T traumas and big T traumas, and uh, I just want to say I'm not uh, I'm not a psychologist, a psychiatrist. I'm not talking. I'm not actually taking care of people with heavy duty uh, traumas. This is not what I'm doing in my practice. I just happen to um, use a tool that we, we will talk about it later in the show. So stay with us. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I just happen to use a tool which is phenomenal to help people with traumas, to, to help people deprogram the traumas. And I got interested in, to, in traumas, after, particularly after Harvey, mm, because yeah. everybody's talking about traumas. And uh, I have this amazing tool. And I decided that I would just um, uh, help people with that. So I, I did some, some courses, some uh, sessions, free sessions with uh, two groups, one in French, one in English. It was interesting. And um, here in Houston, and I, I got to deep, to really to dig deeper into traumas. So mm-hmm. traumas come um, in different um, shape and forms. Yes, you can mm-hmm. have like what they call uh, just the trauma after the traumatic event. You have a traumatic event. First of all, traumatic right. event can be a lot of things. It can be a natural disaster, but it can be family uh, maltreatments, and mm-hmm. it can be a, a war. It can be a, whatever, you know, a yeah, lot of things. loss of job, Loss divorce. of job, divorce, yeah. all those things. So those are the big, the big uh, trauma that we think about. 
but it can be just um, emotional abuse or verbal abuse can bring, you know, really big traumas in the end. Mm -hmm. So what is going to make a trauma big or small is how big the traumatic event was, how important it was, but also how often Oh, it was yeah. so like if you have um, been abused or whatever as a child once you receive like once in a while you receive a, you being your dad is angry and you know hit you it's happened two or three times when you were growing up you know it might leave some traces and the fear of your dad or whatever but doesn't mean that you're going to go into PTSD right if you've been abused severely every day or for a long time, if there is sexual abuse, uh, everybody understands the difference between the two. Obviously, you're gonna have to, you're going to, uh, to um, have more severe reaction mm -hmm. later on. So uh, I've had a client, for example, uh, well, what I want to say is that it shows in very different ways later on. But right. this, this client I'm thinking about is very interesting because she had a sexual abuse as a child for a certain number of time, but she had totally forgotten about it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Until, so that happened when she was five, and it was not, you know, it did happen a few times, but she was not like on an extended time. The father was drinking and whatever, so at five. And then she had totally forgotten about that, and it happened again um, she remembered when she was with a boyfriend when she was in her early 20s. Mm. The whole thing came back as a flashback. And that's really when you have a PTSD, you have a certain criterion that have been um, put together by smart people, smarter than me, where you have a cluster of symptoms and criteria okay. that makes PTSD. So just to make sure about what we talk. So you have first um, uh, criteria is when you're exposure to death, direct or indirect. So it can be you or witnessing. This is mm -hmm. a lot, um, we can see that a lot with veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, witness of violence or trauma via professional uh, duty, for example, so that's um, one, the, the first um, criteria. And by the way, um, this is what puts PTSD on the map. Um, professional duties, particularly war veterans, and particularly after Vietnam, mm -hmm. that when they came back, there were no way to know what was they were going through. And it's really in the 80s that finally all the flashback, all what they were talking about, all the mental disorder they were experiencing, finally got studied and got dis um, a description and entered this uh, book of diagnosis and got the name PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's tend to be uh, told once post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So it's after a trauma the stress and the disorder of stress. So you might have um, experiencing symptoms that are uh, related to the trauma, like nightmares. So that's uh, one cluster of syndrome flashbacks. So that's one cluster of syndromes. You have also the third cluster would be avoidance mm -hmm. of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to think about yeah. it. You don't want to go into that. You don't want to uh, to, to even heal. You mm -hmm. refuse to see that. So so that's bring people to an attempt to escape trauma, uh, to escape trauma-related yeah. uh, cognition stimuli. Stimulized. That means that they don't want to go back. They try to escape and often escape. To escape those things, they might do things that, like, uh, you know, we don't want to do, like drug. Right. Right, you alcohol. just kind of numb that so they you don't have that. to address it. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so these um, stimuli can be internal, like a memory, mm -hmm. but they cannot be external. 
like noise, yes, smell, yeah. So we know that this is the one we know the most. We are the most aware of when we talk about PTSD. The external, like somebody you hear helicopter, and all of a sudden, you remember. You, you're back where you were yeah. in Vietnam or you're back in Afghanistan. Yeah. And by the way, not only that, but after the, the Harvey class, a course, um, sorry, it's not a course, a class I was doing, but the session I was giving, I talked to somebody and she said, you know, when, when it rains, I was asking whether she was still traumatized by the sound of the rain. I said, no, the rain doesn't bother me because uh, when it was raining, I didn't realize that we were in danger. Mm. And she realized she was in danger when she was on the boat, right. coming out of the house, as yeah. you know, in, in Houston, that's how it happened. And then, and then she realized that the helicopter was fly, were flying. And mm. each time she hear the helicopters, this is really when she goes into fight or flight mode. Yeah. 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 Hang with us. We're going to come right back and talk about that here in just a minute. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. about PTSD and trauma and kind of what that is, what some of the clinical definitions are, kind of what, what some of the symptoms are. So we can give you an idea of what that actually means and we're going to be kind of going through how it affects people, how why it affects people differently, what is going on in the mm-hmm. body. So we're going to kind of dive into that. So it's kind of a heavy topic today, but we think it's a really important topic to talk about, especially with Hurricane Harvey being just mm-hmm. a little over seven months out. And we still see that people are kind of struggling with exactly. that. You know, I see when we've had the rains over the past few months, months people post oh my gosh you know I feel like I'm having a flashback this rain needs to stop and it's still it's it's still creating reactions so we were kind of going through the different um kind of symptomology of PTSD and how someone is you know quote-unquote diagnosed with it so why don't you kind of for those who are just joining us maybe hit on a couple of those again and then Mm -hmm. you know we'll continue with that description so the one we were talking the first the big one that we know is re-experiencing a symptom like the trauma uh, in, into in nightmares or flashback. That's the first big one. The second we talked about was avoidance of symptoms, mm-hmm. which is pushback. Yeah. Pushback and we're going to be fine. We're just going to be fine. Let's put a quote of optimism and positivism, which is good. I don't mind. I have nothing against being positive, but you know, we kind of, we kind of push it down. Right. And then there is a bit of an escape uh, mechanism. So we a lot of the time it can mean starting drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. without even noticing it. Right. So that's um, and in this case uh, you have internal uh, memory or external uh, event uh, acting as stimuli, mm-hmm. so they can bring back the memories, and it can be either your own memories or, like we were saying, sound like. In, in the case of Harvey, yeah. uh, one, two months after, three months, seven months after, helicopter flying yeah. or the run, uh, the, the rain, um, all these kind of things. So this is uh, what serves as a reminder and kind of 
tell people, hey, I'm not as fine as I thought I was. Yes, yes, because we do, you yeah. know, on your day to day, and those symptoms aren't coming up, you feel yeah. like you're even keel and everything's okay. Yeah. But when those stimuli hit and you have that kind mm-hmm. of visceral response to it, yeah. that means that there is an imbalance in the body. There is an imbalance. Yeah. And we talk about that. The number, the, the other cluster of symptoms is in, impairment of mood. Mm. So, uh, and uh, the mood and even all the knowledge, even related to the event, you don't want to talk about that or it makes you angry or it makes you nervous or it makes you, you know, uh, so like if you've been mistreated as a child, a lot of the time, for example, you don't even want to acknowledge that your parents were doing something wrong yeah. and you get very angry. And then uh, linked to that, the um, you can, like what I said earlier, the individuals may not remember the trauma right. or undermine or say, no, it was not that big. Oh, yes, I was beaten up every Friday night. But, you know, I got used to it and I didn't care. How often did I hear that? I got wow. stronger than my dad. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I, every Friday night he was drunk and he was beating me up. And matter of fact, okay, so we you have you have this um, either undermining the event or not remembering the traumatic event. And we develop and uh, people develop negative expectation about themselves mm-hmm. and about people so you have women who are going to say well all the men are like that yeah or i'm just not good enough because as a child you know i was beaten so it was my fault mm-hmm. we have to realize as children children always think they are responsible mm-hmm. so if you're being abused as a child you are your parents cannot be wrong. Right. They can't because if they're wrong, mean that you're in danger. Yeah. And the whole thing is based on uh, safety issues. So mm. um, our, um, our body, our brain, our mind is really the only function that it has is to keep us safe. So it'd rather take a wrong belief than, than acknowledging that you are unsafe because your parents are not able to take care of you. That makes a lot of sense. So the, yes. the, the kids are going to say, well, it's me. I'm not a nice child. I'm not good enough. And as a reaction, when you grow into adulthood, you realize your parents were not doing a good job eventually. But you kept the belief of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. You kept the belief of not deserving love, affection, money, whatever it is. You kept that belief. And that's the, co- you know, that's the collateral damages mm-hmm. of the yes. trauma. And yes. we're going to go there. And the last, the last thing that we see with PTSD is um, hyperarousal symptoms. That's a big word. That's an exaggeration of the response. So you get into irritability, mm-hmm. aggression, and we see that a lot among veterans, mm-hmm. for example. Especially people who've been um, uh, trained to be strong and to react with weapons and react in, in, the, in war zone. All of a sudden, they arrive in our streets, in our cities, and they have these flashbacks, and then they have uh, these memories, and then they just react with, uh, they hyper-react. Yeah, that kind of learned reaction. And learned yeah. reaction, so irritability, aggression, hyper-vigilance, sleep disturbance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and... And a lot of us, we might have that. So what makes it PTSD and not regular stress is if it lasts more than a month and if it really impairs your day-to-day life. So that's that's when it becomes uh, symptomatic, when it becomes like something that you can diagnose. Mm-hmm. It's when it's out of control. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and there is just no, there's no kind of coming out of it without without no. some a lot of help. Without a lot of help. Yeah. So we, we think that there is about 8% of the population 
8% of the population, all the population, all people, not this group or that group, but 8% of the population was going to develop PTSD. Wow. At that's some, significant. At some point in yeah. their life. Yeah, that's a significant number. That's, that's significant. Not, <laughs> yeah, that's not a, yeah. a small number to look at. Yeah. 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 It's significant. And uh, so, like I say, there is... Um, the thing is that there is a lot of ability. The body is very resilient. Yeah. We had, um, in France, we have, I forgot his name, uh, a very famous uh, soci sociologist who studied the resiliency was a Jew coming from the Holocaust and was fascinated with the capacity of the body to be resilient. And there is a lot of that. Resiliency and recovery in face of trauma is yeah. very strong for the human being. Yeah, it's a, the the body is absolutely amazing. Yeah. The 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 stories that you hear, you yeah. know, as a practitioner, and yeah. you're just like, how are you functioning? Even yes. fifty percent of where you are, it's really truly yes. incredible what the body can can yeah. go through and still mm -hmm. function. And yeah, yeah. And, and that's how we can we have people coming from war zone and still being able to function more or less. And I would say, but but and in the same time, it doesn't mean that the whole trauma event has been completely um, accepted or understood or even it's gone. It's not gone. Right, it's it's not there. Gone. A lot yeah. of the time there is coping mechanism. A lot of the time there is, okay, I don't talk about that. <laughs> and we see the results, like I was saying earlier, we see the result of those, even if there is no PTSD. So if there is no flashback, if there is no panic attack, even we see the, re the, the, the collateral damages, I would say, or the comorbidity, yeah. the comorbidity mm -hmm. is more a better word, which is uh, you have, um, it comes with anxiety. Mm -hmm. It can come uh, with uh, like sleep problems. Mm -hmm. So you have all these um, related disorder can be um, substance abuse, uh, antisocial and borderline personality, which stem from PTSD yeah. or untreated PTSD. And in the same time, there is a lot of people who come to me with anxiety. And we know that there's about 30% of people who have been uh, diagnosed with anxiety. And the anxiety comes from untreated and undiagnosed PTSD, but 30%. Yeah, yeah. I can completely yeah. see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's because it, it's amazing, especially when things are going untreated, whether it's, you know, the, something as severe as PTSD or even just stressful, kind of chronic stressful events that are going un, untreated and, un, you know, I guess unworked with. Under the <laughs> you know? radar. And then radar. It, exactly. Yeah. It's under the radar, but mm -hmm. those little things are kind of like, poking through the surface, like the anxiety, maybe it's a little depression, maybe it's that they're not sleeping well, or maybe it's even that, you know, they're having all these kind of digestive mm -hmm. problems. There's little signs that pop up saying something isn't going right. And so often, like you were saying, it does stem back to some kind of a stressor. Yeah. Uh, for example, I mean, you, you're a health coach, so you know that we, uh, there, is, there are studies, studies that are very clear to put a link between traumas and obesity. Yes. Obesity is nothing more than coping mechanism for a lot of people. I mean, you have a little bit of genes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. very, very little, like 2-3% of, and, uh, and also social, like if your parents were big eater, you also eat you know, and right. you eat the same way that your parents used to eat, that's fine. But a lot of the time is coping mechanism. Why would I be thin and sexy if I've been sexually abused mm -hmm. in my youth? Right. So it, it doesn't look like you have PTSD. Right. But you just have 100 pounds overweight or 200 pounds overweight. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's a, it's really it's a symptom. And, it's a symptom. And, well, but also like you said, it's a coping mechanism. Your mm-hmm. body is trying to protect you. Absolutely, it's a protective mechanism. Absolutely, like you, because as you were explaining, you know, your body's job is to keep you safe and alive. Absolutely, and so by and it it sounds completely you know counter counterindicative, I guess, um, that you your body would put on weight, which we know is a health concern, but it is actually a protective it is a mechanism. Protection. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, the first thing the body wants is to keep you through life. It doesn't matter. But the body, the mind doesn't judge. It doesn't know what's good, what's bad. It doesn't know if a healthy diet is if a healthy diet puts you in danger, it's gonna make you eat deep fried food for the rest of your life because you put the weight that is going to make you unattractive to the people who are supposedly dangerous. Mm-hmm. And when I say supposedly is the belief that you picked growing up because right. it's part of your trauma. Right. Trauma. I don't know whether does it make sense? I hope people it's not too confusing and I hope it makes sense. Yeah, it's making I mean well obviously I have a little bit of a background. <laughs> of course it's making sense to me, but I th- I think you are making sense in that your your body is trying to protect you and a lot of times symptoms that you're having, it's not your but we, we tend to think of it as a bad thing. We need to fight those symptoms. No. But it's not it's usually your body reacting to whatever the internal environment environment is and it's responding to that in order to protect you and keeping you alive and safe it's not trying to harm you yeah yes okay so we've got just a few seconds here so this is a great time to stand up and stretch to grab a cup of coffee (laughs) refill your hot tea grab a glass of water which would be even better even though i'm sitting here drinking coffee so organic (laughs) it is organic dr serge if you're watching it is organic no pesticides i promise so so we're gonna come back and get right back into this because this is such amazing information so hang with Mm -hmm. us stretch as long as you're not of course driving or something like that so good time to get up and we will be back here with you in just a moment here what's next next right this is thrive life radio with amy robison wish you could hear more thrive life radio you can follow us on soundcloud subscribe in itunes and google play music every episode every week joining us we've been talking about PTSD kind of what that is what trauma is and you know trying to give a good explanation of you know what's going on and what's going on in the body mm-hmm. so that you understand kind of the difference between just regular stressors and trauma and what what actually is PTSD mm-hmm. especially coming into about the seventh month after Harvey mm-hmm. and we both know people that are still having responses to you know external stimuli like rain coming in helicopters flying overhead depending on what your experience is with that storm and so kind of that's going to show us that even though your day-to-day you may feel okay there actually is still yeah. something kind of lingering under the surface so let's kind of go back to that yeah 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 so uh, not everybody has been reacting the same way and not everybody is having the same reaction and a lot of that depend really uh, on whether we have had previous traumas right and also whether we've had um, and what is our socioeconomical situation mm. counts a lot mm-hmm. whether we are uh, emotionally equipped 
and we've been emotionally equipped as children and we're still whether a society in which we live is functioning mm. or not functioning mm-hmm. or not whether we have the, the means to get out so I would say in Houston for example where the whole city was really together this has been a huge a huge um, uh, positive impact and, and it helped for people to get uh, to get out of traumatic mode. Mm-hmm. And everybody was there to help, and there was a, a positive reinforcement. Now I would tend to say, and maybe people are going to write about that, but like if you have, uh, if you're Puerto Rico, and we have, you know, and um, you have kind of negative reinforcement from the highest level of government, you don't feel so good about... Right about, you know, not being able to put yourself back into your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I mean by we, you have your positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. So as a child, if you grew up with a lot of positive reinforcement, as yes, you can do it, you're strong, you're a wonderful lady, you're a little boy, you're a girl, and not too much expectation, but really like you're going to be able to cope with a trauma later on in life Mm. a lot better than if you've been raised in a negative reinforcement and even worse if you had traumas yeah because you're going to go right back to that your body remembers absolutely so it's going to respond within that memory yes so the resiliency is being not as as good yeah so you have the personal like i was giving two examples on the personal level and on, on the society level. Mm-hmm. So in Houston, where we had a lot of shelters, we had a lot of psychologists, we had a lot of doctors, and, and even everybody was supporting. And uh, so that's, that helped us put uh, us back on our feet very quickly. And in the same time, it doesn't mean that everybody in Houston has had the same reactions. So right. some people will, you know, it's easier to go back into a house when you have, you receive money from FEMA, etc. But it's better if you can double the money from FEMA from your own funds. So mm-hmm. you have your house, which is nicer after the hurricane than before the hurricane. Right. I do have friends that were, they, who were renting and got kicked out of the rental place yeah. and spent a month in in uh, motels, yeah. low, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these people don't have the same chance, the same chance to to recover yeah. as easily and as fast. Eventually, they got themselves on their feet and they got help, etc. But they don't have the house. They don't have a house that they they own. They cannot put it back together. They cannot even make it nicer than before. They just lost the apartment in which they were living. They lost everything mm-hmm. and now they're scrambling to live with grandma or whatever. And so that's a very different way to uh, to have uh, to cope with the, the trauma. Yeah. And every time somebody is going back to uh, the you know, they don't have their house, they live with grandma, with grandma or they are in a motel or whatever, the, the memory the, the the memory of the trauma is coming back. I'm yeah. in that house because of yes. I cannot. I don't. I lost my clothes, or I have these these books, or I have these things because I lost all of that, or I cannot do that because I lost all of that. Yeah. So it's very it's very different. It's not good or bad. It's a matter of fact. It's a matter of fact that people will have a you know in a society where we have more support, where we have more help, we can lessen the effect of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. that makes complete sense. That yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah, and, and and I see that also. I work a lot with you know peeps, a group of people who have less uh, like African American community have huge traumas that are not taken into account. You know, into account. We can we cannot 
us, you know, people were in the government who have no idea of what they went through, what this community went through, whether it's the new, uh, whether it's Hispanic people or whether, you know, we, we can't understand what's going on mm -hmm. in, in, in community which went through a lot of traumas. And this trauma that communities went through over the last decades is compounding each time there is a new trauma. Mm, they yeah. don't have the same resiliency ability. They don't own their own houses in a lot of the times. They don't, if they own their house, they don't have enough insurance. Or if they have insurance, they don't. It's, right. it's, it's just, it's just compounding. It's compounding. Yeah. There is no father figure or there is uh, no community behind that. Or there is, they go into a church where the church tell them that it's your fault if you've been flooded because you've been sinning, all kind of things that are not positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So the positive reinforcement, whether it's personal, intrapersonal, so from yourself or, or extrapersonal from the society yeah. is hugely important on how are we going to, uh, uh, to um, come up mm -hmm. and stronger sometimes from a trauma. So it's when I hear just get yourself yeah. together pull your bootstraps up exactly buck just, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i never do that yeah. i cannot do that because i don't know the person's situation absolutely nobody knows the person's yeah. situation yeah. yeah and i think i think it's really important you know to understand that you know for those of you who are listening when as as traumas or you know stressors and things like that compound on top of each one on top of each other your resilience gets really low it starts to go away it goes away it exactly. just goes away and i was telling veronique on the break you know i've i've had clients who say hey you know i had something that was you know fairly traumatic happen to me maybe like 5 to 10 years ago and i felt like i got through it okay i didn't really you know feel like i had any major downturns in my health mm -hmm. or the way i was feeling and then they had something happen that didn't seem like it was as big a deal, I guess, mm -hmm. as the time before, and they have their health is just like cratered, and they're like, "Why did this happen? I, this other thing was so much more difficult and mm -hmm. so much harder, and I came through it, you know, with flying colors. But this time, I just I couldn't cope, and couldn't you know, cope. so and and so I'm so interested to hear what you explain yeah. to people when they when they come to, with those stories. Well, uh, we need to go back to the initial trauma. We need to go back and to this initial, um, because most probably people have put pushed down mm -hmm. the, the real um, gravity of the situation back then. One of the person in our group after Harvey, she, she, Harvey, she came, she was not flooded, didn't move, nothing happened to her house. She had the, the water came just to in front of the house. And she was in the highest fight or flight mm -hmm. mode, which is the stress. Yeah. She had, as a young girl, she had, she'd almost drowned twice. Wow. And just to see her swimming pool, so, mm -hmm. you know, high socioeconomical status, everything perfect, no flooded. And she was one of the most traumatized person mm. in my group. Wow. Even though I had people like really heavily, everything was destroyed, everything was, gone. Everything yeah. was gone, could cope a lot better than this person. Mm. I, you know, for that person, what was, would have been important and what, what is important is really to go back into the original traumas and there are ways now and we might want to talk about that now to deprogram mm. mm -hmm. the initial uh, traumas and some and when you go into the roots of the PTSD or of the stress and uh, then you don't have to, to, to go to all the traumas. Right. It's like right. You, you don't have to deal with every single you trauma. You don't have right. to deal with every single trauma or every single beliefs or mm -hmm. whatever. But if you can get to the roots of what's causing all the symptoms 
Like you have mm-hmm. to see a tree. Yes. You have to see a tree. You have the roots. So the belief system is the roots. So the events, the events are the trunk. And then you have, you know, and then you have all the symptoms mm-hmm. around that. Uh, that can be uh, health symptoms, can be um, problem in relationship, never managed to get into a happy relationship. That's one of the symptoms. Can be oh, ev- everything. Can be uh, you know, drinking too much or you know a substance abuse, mm-hmm. and all those are the symptoms. So we don't need to deal with every every one of those symptoms once we understand where this is coming from. Sometimes I deal with symptoms mm-hmm. so that I get to know to the right, roots. Right. But when we get to the roots of those problems which are the can be the emotion the trauma the 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 Mm -hmm. initial traumatic event yeah then i mean then it's like you take the dandelion by the root (laughs) (laughs) and you don't need to cut the flower to just move along get that root out of there yeah yeah and that's what we do when i'm I'm doing energy psychology i'm using a lot of energy psychology which uh, um, it's uh, different techniques the one i'm using is emotional freedom techniques which is it's starting to be huge. Yes, yes. And I think it's a real, that's, we're going to segue right back into that when we yeah. come back because understanding that there are techniques that can be used yes. and this technique in particular is very yes. good for emotional trauma, emotional freedom technique. So hang with us. We're going to dive right back into mm-hmm. that in just a second. For more info on today's show, go to finaldraftradio.com. Click links and guests. Final Draft Radio. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you this morning on this wonderful Friday, even though it is going to be 80 degrees and I'm a little bummed about that today, but I'm still wearing a jacket and boots. I'm rebelling. So <laughs> I'm being rebellious. So I have Veronique back with me this month and we have been having an absolutely excellent conversation about PTSD and trauma. So if you're just tuning in, I highly recommend just hopping back on after the show and listening to the whole thing, especially if you feel like you're still dealing with some trauma and effects of trauma from Hurricane Harvey. We've just really kind of dove down into those concepts and given you some Mm -hmm. really good educational information and that you know, it's okay to have stuff come up and have to deal with it. It's, there's not something wrong with you. I think that's something mm-hmm. that's really, whenever someone is like having all these negative thoughts and these feelings, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get over this? It's, it's okay. It's you're okay. not broken. No. There's just something that has happened to you that now your body just needs to heal from. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're going into now is mm-hmm. the um, energy healing technique that you are using when you're mm-hmm. working with clients dealing with these mm-hmm. things. So why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit more about that. I know we've we've touched on it in some other shows, but yes. I think this is a good a good time since we've got some time here to kind of dig into it a bit. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's okay. Not only it's okay to have something come up, and but it's very important to acknowledge it. Yes, ignoring the truth is not going to get, let it make it go away. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's going to get it deeper and then you don't see the roots because right. they're really deep 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 but you see the symptoms yes. i can diagnose people on the symptoms yes absolutely. i see that and i can see that there is something going mm-hmm. on yep. and not wrong just going on, going on. that exactly. needs to be addressed yes i love that i love going that. on that needs to be addressed <laughs> so that the symptoms are going to come out the outcome is going to be different okay yeah so yeah. eft emotional freedom techniques or tapping belongs to the field of energy psychology it's a very new field of psychology so it used to be that we just had to talk 
psychology talk therapy you mm -hmm. would talk and talk and talk and talk yeah. and then you end up knowing your story very well <laughs> but your story is still there right and then eventually we uh, somebody um, look, we got into smarter and uh, we got to um, to mix uh, the knowledge on psychology with all the and all the brain development knowledge that we have and we pair it with the healing concept mm. Of um, that we have in practice in the in Eastern medicine since five thousand years. Right, because it's not enough to just know your story. It's not enough you to know to your start, story. You know, almost yeah. like rewriting the, the yes. script now. Yes, not yeah. only that, but there is a uh, saying that says the issues is in the tissues. Mm. So oh, I love that. The I'm, body, I'm that. the body remembers. Yes, and not only the body, physical body, and we know how much we can get sick from stress, like right. really physically sick, yes. and the body can bring you all kind of diseases and that's not what we talk about today but also the memories are still going to stay with you for the, the whole life and yeah. the beliefs that are coming from the traumas are going to we talked about that earlier so the beliefs that stem from the traumas whether you know the belief that the other sex is an awful sex or like the men if you're a girl you think the men are bad and if you're man whatever is happening but the belief that are coming through the traumas Building of yourself, building of the world, and belief of how you function in the, the world and how the world is functioning, this is not going to go away, mm -hmm. okay? Right. So, this, so energy psychology is really going to get into your energetic system. Mm -hmm. This is what meridians, we use the meridians like in mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, yes. like uh, in uh, uh, acupuncture. acupuncture. So mm -hmm. we use the meridians, which is basically when we tap on certain point, that's what we call it tapping, we tap on certain point and now I'm tapping. So you need to go <laughs> see me on, <laughs> on YouTube after on the fact so you can see what she's that. doing. Yes. And see what I'm doing. When we tap on those meridian points, we actually restore the flow of the energy. We sent, uh, we sent electromagnetic signal mm. to the brain exactly to the amygdala mm. which is where the stress and the traumas are being right, stored being stored there yes so part of what i do is woo woo and i understand <laughs> that it's kind of weird but it's really based on common knowledge we know that the body is energy we yes. know that the cell every cell in our body is energy yes. it's so sodium and potassium together it's like a battery yeah every cell in our body is just a small battery and the whole body is is energy yeah so we We're use full of batteries we <laughs> <laughs> so what we want to put, it's like to put this uh, electromagnetic system or the energetic system back together. And we use it by tapping on points, which are endpoints of meridians. And by doing that, we send signal to the amygdala. So what I'm, going to, what, what I'm doing to, with my clients, what we do when we do EFT, is we bring the traumatic event to mind. When we do that, we fire the amygdala. This is what amygdala does. And most people stay there and then they have all the flashback and all the nightmares and all the coping mechanism we talked about. Yes. They stay there. So I get them into the firing of the amygdala. You know, the, the traumatic event is coming up. And then I get them to tap. And by tapping, I send a positive signal to the amygdala. So the amygdala is fighting between the negative signal of the memory and the positive signal of the tapping, mm. restoring mm -hmm. the energetic system, the energetic flow in your body. Yeah. And eventually, the positive signal is going to win because, you know, the amygdala realized there is no danger. Yeah. The danger is 
is imagined is is not true and and uh, the tapping the re uh, putting back together your energetic uh, flow mm-hmm. is real mm-hmm. so it can it can take several sessions it can take 30 seconds. Wow. And uh, what we live for as, uh, um, you know, as coaches and therapists is for these like two minutes miracles. <laughs> and it can happen. Yeah. People say, well, it takes years and years. Well, you know what? If it takes you 30 seconds to be traumatized, why can't it take 30 seconds to be de-traumatized? Mm-hmm. If you come to think about that, you can be traumatized by somebody, somebody telling you something. Like I heard um, uh, somebody like uh, talking about an EFT practitioner telling her own story, and she was saying when she was 19, uh, a mentor, a guy she was admiring enormously, was talking to her, and she was talking to him. She said, "Oh, I want to be a healer. I want to be, a, you know, a health coach and all these things." And and the the guy told her, "Well, nobody's going to listen to you because you're fat." Ouch! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. What happened to her at that yeah. point? What happened to you girls when never somebody is telling you these kind of things? Yeah. The world hasn't changed. Your friends are still your friends. This guy is still the same, except it was a mentor before he became a jerk. And that's yeah. all what happened. But the world hasn't changed. Yeah. Nothing has changed from 30 seconds earlier. But you are traumatized. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there is an imprint in your mind which is bringing you into freeze first, you're mm-hmm. freezing. Right. It's like, I can't believe what I just heard. This cannot be. You know, a, yeah. cli- a client was telling me, her mother was telling her that people don't, don't she's not lovable, nobody will, will, will love her. And she said, well, my friends loves me. And she said, well, that's because they don't know you. Oh. And when they get to know you, they're going to not love you anymore. Wow. They won't like you anymore. So this kind of thing, nothing mm-hmm. happens. Right. You know, it's all a mental thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, the brain has been, nothing happened, but everything's changed. Yeah. That's the nature of a trauma, which is by a verbal abuse. That's verbal mm-hmm. abuse, okay? Yes, absolutely. So people go into freeze, and then they either they kind of try to 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 fight a bit and say, no, that's not possible because my friend this and that and men still like me and I'm not that big, etc. And you kind of have all this emotion and the emotions are going to stay into your body. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm going there, deprogramming all of those emotions. And that's not only me, but everybody who does this kind of work. Right. We go and deprogram the emotion that have been stuck, that are turned into beliefs about yourself. You're fat, so you won't be able to be successful or you're not lovable, so nobody, you won't be able to yeah. have a happy marriage. All those things that are giving all this terrible outcome. So that's really what energy psychology is about in a nutshell. And uh, it's a fantastic um, tool. And I want to say that it's being used right now. I mean, there is a, a study, if you go to um, the stressproject.org, because it is being used by veterans. Mm. Heavy duty PTSD. Not only the little T traumas I was right. talking about the in the beginning, but the big T traumas. Yeah. And by the way, little T traumas that I just talked mm-hmm. can turn into huge T traumas. Absolutely, yes. You okay? Yes. yes. Anyway, so that's that's really uh, I found that fascinating and um, and I'm, exciting. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. because you can uh, emotional freedom techniques does reduce PTSD. It works. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And by the way, just a, a plug in for uh, University of Houston. There is a course right now which is called Critical Issues in Gulf 
Coast History, which is um, telling the Harvey, coming back to mm -hmm. a Harvey story in Houston, so from different perspective. Um, and I'm going to be teaching one class in there Fantastic. on the trauma and PTSD next week. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, it's so exciting to hear stuff like that really starting yeah. to come into the mainstream because there's so many of these wonderful tools that can really help people. Yeah. It's just, it's really, really exciting. Veronique, this has been a really just an outstanding conversation. I I learned a lot. I hope all of you listening learned a lot. And I really look forward to having you come back next month. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Amy Robinson is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a final draft radio production.